Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I can't complain. I can't <laughs> complain, Tim. How are you today? Well, I couldn't be any better. It would be physically impossible for me to be any better right now. If you were any better, you'd be me. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Lance, in this episode, we have an old friend um, back on the show. We spoke to her a little while ago, maybe a year or so ago, because she wrote a book called Anonymous and included me and you and the Crawl Space podcast as characters in that book. So that was pretty amazing to see. And um, I believe that episode is called The Blonde P.I. Her name is Elizabeth Breck, and she's back. She's written another book. Unfortunately, this one doesn't have us as characters, so I feel like it's really going to crush sales. But, hey, maybe this interview can help a little bit. Right. We will uh, absolutely support anything that Elizabeth Breck writes, regardless of whether or not it has us uh, featured heavily. But we were assured that the third book in the Madison Kelly mystery series will feature us in some sort of foot slash car slash potential train chase scene um, and that'll take up a good three to four hundred pages in the uh, in the third installment this installment's called double take and John Land of USA Today says this is a mystery writing of the highest order as riveting as it is relentless so check it out wherever you get books and we really hope you enjoy this conversation the conversation's pretty fun um, Elizabeth is also a private investigator so we speak about that a little bit and certainly in the first interview with her we did as well um, so she's got an interesting background and now writes books fictional books so um, check them out if you are an avid reader I think you'd really love them go to elizabethbreck.com very easy to order both Double Take and Anonymous. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Follow us on social media at Crawlspace Podcast or Crawlspace Pod on Twitter. And feel free to drop on by wherever you can rate your podcast and deliver us a holiday miracle, that fifth star. And we're going to hear a word from our sponsor now, and then we'll be right back with author Elizabeth Breck. Thanks a lot for listening. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the podcast, author Elizabeth Breck. How are you today? I'm really good. I'm dealing with the humid weather in San Diego, and my dog is right here enjoying his peanut butter. We may hear from him later. We'll see. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Okay. So a lot to lot uh, right out of the gate here. Yeah. Just twenty seconds in. I know he doesn't have any stories, but he might, you know, just join in the conversation. We'll I see. beg to differ. I think your dog probably has some <laughs> stories that you're uh, not aware of. Exactly. Tim put up my nice banner behind him. See, I never really watched YouTube. I always just listened to the podcast. So when you guys would refer to stuff that people could see, I'd be like, what are they talking about? So I'm going to help and narrate when I see something. So you put up my beautiful double take book banner behind Tim. That's right. And this is your second book now. It is. It's my second book. It's the second in the series, Madison Kelly, same characters. A lot of people ask me that. Are the same characters there? Yes. Madison is there, the private investigator. Her on-again, off-again boyfriend, the surfer Dave, is there. The handsome podcasters. Not uh, the handsome podcasters in this uh, one. Wait, the Zoom's breaking up. <laughs> I can't uh, quite. I think. I think. They, uh... <laughs> they might. Okay. Yeah, they've left me now. They're, they might make an appearance in the third book in the series. We'll see how I get treated today. Yes. <laughs> you will be treated like royalty. I just... I need to be involved. My my version of the podcast, like that side of it, yeah. uh, I would like that character to be involved in um, a dramatic, slightly too long foot race with one of the perpetrators. <laughs> like very reminiscent of Point Break, the original Point Ooh. Break. Can I request a, a rooftop chase? You could do a rooftop chase, yeah. One on the roof and one is on being chased on the beach? Is point break? No, no, no. All three. Three people on the rooftop running and jumping over alleyways. Okay. Lance slips and I catch him before he falls into the alleyway. Yep. Okay, and you're like, it's like the hand is slipping and the sweat is... is yeah. Okay. And, and we swing him over onto a fire escape. Okay. Where I barely catch on. Okay. Right. And I resume Chase, but we don't catch him. End of chapter. Yeah. I mean, the book writes itself. I mean, that, we I mean, just basically wrote it right there. Yeah. Um, and then we can work in the, uh, I'll, I'll be like, just let me go. And then you say, <laughs> you go, we go. You go, we go. Yep. From backdraft. You'll say, let me go, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me go, Paul. But if you want to see a good foot chase, check out Point Break with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. I actually liked the one um, where was it a Mission Impossible movie where Tom Cruise broke his foot? Oh, did oh, you yeah. see it? And yeah. he kept going. He, he yeah. Anyway, but yeah, not good for him. Not as impressive as stunts. Seven as Seven when Brad Pitt broke his arm. Oh, oh, oh! Did he really? Yeah, he broke his arm chasing Kevin Spacey's character. When he, uh, I forget, I think it was when he like goes through, um, like he's falling and he goes like into like through like a, like a, oh, like a glass ceiling type? or no, like a fabric ceiling and then falls oh. into something else. But anyway, I think he broke his wrist or his arm. Um, and then you can see it in the next scene. He, he's actually got a cast on, but they put his jacket out a little further oh, and you can wow. see that he's holding his arm in a, in almost like a sling position. Oh my God. What a badass, huh? Yeah. All right, so I, I see I have a lot of work to do now. I thought I was just writing a book about Madison Kelly, but no. now I see I have a lot of work to get these yeah, podcasters you're, in. You're okay. paying homage through us yeah. to Point Break, Backdraft, and Seven. 
Okay. And I'm, us, just I'm, crawl space in general. The people that are listening don't realize I'm taking notes, but no one's listening anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking notes. Um, yeah. So anyway, do you want to know what this book's about? Hang on, I I want I I want to know, and I'm sure the listeners do. But can you give? You are known as the Blonde Pi, and that is actually your Twitter handle yeah. at the Blonde Pi. Can you give us a, a little background on who uh, Elizabeth the Blonde Pi is, and then we can get into the book? Sure, good Great. idea. Because not everybody knows me. Probably no one listening to this knows me. Um, yes, I am a licensed private investigator in California, an actual true licensed private investigator. Some states you don't need a license. Some states you can just take a silly little test. But in California, you practically have to give blood to be a private investigator. It takes 6,000 hours of apprenticeship under another PI license, which works out to like three years at 40 hours a week. Don't, I'm not a mathematician. Don't, don't. Don't quote me on that math. Um, and then after you've done all that apprenticeship, they'll let you take a test that 80% of the people fail. So it's very difficult to become a PI in California. And I specialize in insurance fraud. And I uh, went back to school. Uh, and I'm proud to say that I graduated summa cum laude with a degree in writing from UC San Diego when I was 51 years old. Yes, I went back to school and congratulations. So cool. Yeah. Um, and I had planned to go to law school, but that's a whole other story on why that didn't happen. So that was the why I had a summa cum laude. That's almost a 4.0 GPA because I I wanted to get a full ride to law school. So I was trying to get like straight A's, but I decided not to go to law school. And instead I had started writing in my writing classes at UC San Diego. In my fiction classes, I was writing about Madison Kelly, because you have to you know, throughout the year or two years of school there at UCSD in the writing program, you have to write every week. And so I just sort of made this character um, who was just sort of similar to me, um, lives at the beach, uh, blonde hair, obviously. <laughs> and um, in my nonfiction classes, like we had travel writing. I traveled for work a lot doing surveillance. So I would write about being a private investigator in my travels. Uh, science writing, I that didn't have anything to do with prime investigating. Anyway, so it just sort of formed. And my my honors thesis when I graduated was a short story version of a Madison Kelly story. And so that's where that all started. And when I graduated, I um, just worked really hard and I got a literary agent and the rest is history. That was wonderful. And might I say, uh, you referenced graduating at 51, I think I misheard you because I'm looking at a 32-year-old. I know. It's funny. I, I look young and I just am tempted to not tell people how old I am and let them think that I'm younger than I am. But I'm 57. 57? You're 27. Okay. That 27. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I get thought that. It sounded you know, like she said 57. I'm honest but... to God, I'm 57. <laughs> I have wrinkles. I do. And I you have- just took... You just took off your glasses and you you literally got younger. <laughs> yeah, I'm 57. And that, I mean, I've decided to just be proud of it. I um, I made it this far. I made it this long. Yeah. As they say, the alternative is worse, mm -hmm. which would be death. Um, so I don't mind <laughs> getting older. And right. uh, and I am I'm kind of proud of it. I graduated when I was 51. I got an agent, a literary agent when I was 53. And I got my book deal when I was 55. Well, you should be proud of it. Congratulations. Thank you. 
And, uh, and we are very proud to have been included in your first book, Anonymous. Yeah. And uh, can you tell the audience just a little bit about like who we are in the book? Sure. So uh, in the first book, uh, Madison had been taking some time off of um, insurance invest or insurance investigations, um, trying to kind of figure out what she wanted to do with her life. And she comes home from a jog one day and there's a note on her door. And it says, stop investigating me or I will hunt you down and kill you. Except she hasn't been investigating anybody. So what is she supposed to do with that? So she finally, she figures out, I'm going to have to investigate. I don't have to do what the note is telling me not to do in order to figure out why this person thinks I'm investigating them. Or I could accidentally continue doing it and get myself killed. And um, pretty quickly in the first you know, five pages. So I'm not giving anything away for people that haven't read the book yet. She starts listening to her favorite podcast, which I think in the book is missing Maura Murray. So she's listening to missing Maura Murray and um, Lance and Tim talk about other missing people. And they talk about these two missing girls in San Diego now, for everybody that's invented, I made that up. There were not two missing girls in San Diego, but in the book, these two girls went missing two years apart in downtown San Diego in the um, gas lamp district. And Madison realized that she had been tweeting to Lance and Tim and to the other sort of armchair detectives talking about the case. And she must have said something that was too close to the truth. And the guy's now after her. I mean, torn from the pages of our lives, really. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it was really fun to write. And it is based on the um, Golden State Killer in California because I, one night, this is years ago. I mean, I was going to UCSD, so not that long ago. But um, I watched, before he was caught, before he was identified, I watched a special like on 48 Hours or 2020 or something about him. And right before I went to bed, I tweeted a bunch of stuff like with the hashtag, whatever hashtag they were using. Hey, have you thought about this? Have you considered that? I like all these things I had thought of while watching the show. And then I get in bed and I'm thinking, oh my God, this guy's a monster. I mean, he's a monster and he's very like, he follows the news. And what if he like, and then this is where it just gets stupid because there's no way the guy's going to find me. But I thought, what if he figures out who I am? What if he comes to my house and kills me? So I get up and I delete all of the tweets that I had put down. And um, I just wiped all of them. I was so afraid. But it was 11 o'clock at night. You're by yourself in a house. I mean, in the morning, I was like, that was silly. I didn't need to get scared. And then I thought, but what if he did find me? And there is the plot to the book. Nice. But okay. other than yeah. that, the Golden State Killer angle the, does not, he's not, there's no Golden State Killer in this book. That's not who it is. It's just, that's what gave me the idea was what if you were tweeting about something like that. Right. Very timely um, issue to have, I would say, social media being so prevalent in all our lives. And uh, so you follow this character of Madison Kelly into the second book. And unfortunately, I guess she discovers another podcast or something stupid like that. But no, um, can, there's, can no there's no podcast. So what happens is um, she uh, gets hired by the boyfriend of a missing journalist. And uh, he, the boyfriend feels like the police aren't taking him seriously. They're like, look, dude, she's ghosting you. 
you know, get over it. And he's like, no, no, she's missing. And so Madison takes the case and she figures out that this girl was chasing the story of a lifetime as a journalist. And she, Madison has to walk in her footsteps of her the last days before she sort of vanished to figure out what happened to her. But as Madison is doing that, is she walking straight into the same thing that happened to the missing girl? That's mm. the story. Tweet yeah. Tim and Lance and maybe you'll find out. <laughs> That's right. Is the, is the journalist based on Maggie Freeling? <laughs> Not at all. No. <laughs> no, not at all. In fact, um, one of the things that happens right away that makes Madison, I mean, Madison took the case and she takes things seriously, but that made it more compelling for her is that she really identifies with the girl because the girl's like really independent and a loner and, um, you know, doesn't need a guy. And, <laughs> you know, Ma Madison is like that too, just sort of a loner. And, um, uh, but they're driven, they're both driven in their careers. So, so Madison really identifies with this girl and she's like, I got to find her. And one of the things Madison says is who would look for me if I were lost? I think a lot of people say that. I think, uh, especially in our circles, a lot of people have that thought or yeah. if your family member ends up, uh, God forbid going missing, what right. would you do? And, and how far would you take it? when the police don't seem to be responding or, or working on it. Right. So there's a, there's a, there's a strong question there. What does Madison discover? Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out when you read the book. Is it on audible? Of course it's on audible. It's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everywhere books are sold. It's actually anonymous right now. Anonymous is the first book. Double take is the second book. Anonymous, as of two days ago, I didn't check today, was um, the ebook was $1.99 on Amazon and on Apple um, Books. So they're doing a special, I think, to sort of like get people caught up. So if you haven't read Anonymous, it's $1.99 for the ebook on Amazon, or yeah, Amazon, and then um, also on Apple Books. Well, thank you very much for that. I'm sure our audience will be checking it out. And check out your website as well, elizabethbreck.com. There are links to order both books. And you pulled a lot of stories in Anonymous from your real life as a private investigator. Did you pull any stories from your real life for the second book? I'm sure I had, I'm sure I did because I'm always referencing things that actually happened, but, um, I literally, it's not the, in anonymous, I picked two that were really big ones. And I don't think there was so much story in, in double take that I didn't have room to put like some of my adventures in there that didn't relate to the plot in, in anonymous, she, she does surveillance a little bit more. And when you're on surveillance, you got to think and you think about your life. And so when she's thinking, she's thinking about some of those adventurous surveillances that I actually did that actually happened, like, which we won't tell them this time. They, people can go back and watch the other um, uh, time I was on your show. Uh, but the time the guy tried to steal my car while I was in it, in the back seat, And then the time that I stopped a uh, crime ring of stolen rental cars by chasing the car that was being stolen down the freeway and on the phone with 911 and they did a felony stop on the freeway the helicopter ordering them out of the car the whole freeway was stopped 
the, the cops were behind me and the bad guys were in front of me and the cops are all stopped with their rifles out. <laughs> Those shotguns, not rifles, shotguns out. Um, it was pretty exciting. So that's in anonymous. Um, but in double take, I don't, I don't think I put any of my exciting ones. Um, but I have some exciting ones. If you want to hear one or two. Yeah. I would love to hear, uh, some stories. Yeah. So, um, you wouldn't think insurance fraud would be that exciting. And sometimes it's not, it's very boring. Like when you're doing surveillance, you, you sit for a very long time. I mean, sometimes four or five hours, six hours, nothing is happening. You're just bored out of your mind. And then the next 20 minutes are like heart attack, heart rate, like adrenaline rush of your life for 20 minutes. And it goes from like Zen, like watching people in their yard. And cause you know, I'm, nobody can see me. So I watch people, I watch um, people with their you know, come, people coming to uh, pick up someone from work for work and drinking their coffee and laughing. And I kind of feel like I'm hanging out with them. And then, um, and then you're flying. So this particular one, I, I want to make sure I change some things so that if anybody happens to be listening, they don't associate, uh, they don't realize who I'm talking about. So uh, let's say I was in, so I was in San Diego and I was doing surveillance on um, a guy who was an OR tech. So he works in um, an operating room and they generally work 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., um, 12 hour shifts. And uh, the big brass ring when you're doing workers comp insurance is to catch the person working when they've said they're too injured to work. I can't work send me a check every week. I'm laying on the couch. I'm going to, um, to my doctor. I can't work. So if I then follow them to work and get videotape of them walking into a job, it's like game over for them. I mean, it's, it's insurance fraud. It's a crime, you know, so don't do it. Um, and <laughs> so this particular time I'm waiting. So I'm out there really early. Cause I know if he has a new job, he's got to be there by seven. So, and I don't know where it would be. So he could leave at five 30. So I think I got there at four 30 in the morning. Um, and so, and he was driving a Dodge charger with a V8 engine. And I had a V6 engine in my, uh, Ford SUV. Now, generally speaking, I don't ever get seen. Like when I'm tailing somebody, nobody looks in the rearview mirror and looks at me and goes, Oh, there's a PI following me. I mean, Anybody who's listening to this on a podcast, I look like a middle-aged blonde woman. I do not look like a private investigator. So especially people that are suspicious already that they might get followed, they, they're not suspicious of me. I'm never worried about it. Um, I'm very good at staying out of their view, staying in their blind spot, et cetera. And if at any point it looks like maybe they're starting to like it's not the same car, like in the rearview mirror, I'll just break off for the day because I can come back another day. But if I, if the, if I get seen, it's over, I can't do surveillance on them anymore. So this guy comes out of his driveway at 10 minutes to seven and he lives in the outback. Like he lives so far from a hospital where he might work. Like I'm saying 20 minutes is, would be in the middle of the night he could get there. But like, at that time of day at, in the morning, it would take an hour to get anywhere. So I'm thinking, where's he going? But 
I have to follow him because if he goes to work, oh my God, that I've just, I'm going to win. So he starts driving so fast and in and out of cars, he gets on the freeway and he's doing what I call playing checkers with cars, you know, just in and out and I'm weaving in and out, in and out, in and out. And I'm like, he's going to work and he's late and I cannot miss this. I cannot miss it. I don't care if he sees that I'm following him now because he has to go to work. If he sees I'm following him, he's not going to stop. He has to go to work. So I'm going to get the film. We won't do surveillance anymore, but that's fine. I'll have the film. So he has gotten so far ahead of me and now it has started to rain. I get on the shoulder and I am driving 120 miles an hour on the shoulder to catch up to him because he was already going 90 as he got in the, I think he got in the, um, uh, the diamond lane, you know, for, for which he was only one person in the car, but, um, I now had to get on the shoulder to get around people and people are losing. The other cars are losing their minds at me. Like they're trying to cut me off because they're like, what are you doing? That's illegal. And I'm like, get out of my way. And I'm screaming. And, uh, I made it, we got off the freeway. And I mean, he ran the red light when we got off the freeway and I, stopped and looked both ways. And uh, then I made a safe left turn on the red light. And sure enough, he got to a hospital and he parked his car and I set up right to where he had to walk out of the parking lot. And I had my camera ready and he walked out and he flipped me off as he's walking in to his new job. And uh, I got the film and he, uh, I don't know what happened after that. He didn't go to jail. I don't think they rarely go to jail, but his workers' comp claim was over. Riveting story. Absolutely yeah. riveting. I felt like I was in point break. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you being sarcastic? No, no. I mean, you're driving on the shoulder, 100 miles an hour on the shoulder. Yeah, you're going in the into rain. the HOV lane. People are trying to block you. Yes. You wouldn't think that that was the case with insurance fraud. Well, honestly, it's the only time that's ever happened because normally I would never want to be seen, ever. But I knew he was late for work and he was going to go to a new job. And I was right. And then you recognized him as Tim Poliri later on. What? That was you? (laughs) No, it wasn't. (laughs) No, it wasn't. That was a pretty exciting one. So he he obviously knew that he was being tailed. Oh, yeah. But did he know why? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Their attorneys tell them you know, be careful because they're going to assign an investigator. So they're generally looking anyway, which is why I was so successful at it because I don't look like a PI because they're always, they leave their, especially if they're committing insurance fraud, like they're on their way to their baseball game, you know, that they have every Wednesday night and they're going to play baseball. They're checking the rearview mirror to see if anybody's following them. Um, or if they're going to their new job. And then once I'm chasing him at 120 miles an hour on freeway, then he, he knew I was following him, but there was nothing he could do because he had to go to work. Like, especially as um, working in a hospital, you can't call in five minutes before your shift. I mean, you would lose your job, you know. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. 
Well, does this ever get scary for you? You know, have you ever been uh, in a position where someone sort of went on the offensive? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this is unsafe, but it was kind of cool. It was actually the first case I took when I got my own PI license, because I had worked under another PI license for many years, longer than I needed to. And I got my own PI license and I'm going to go out on my own. And I thought I would do um, marital stuff, you know, like someone's going to get a divorce and they need to, um, follow their spouse and see if they're, I don't know, get evidence and stuff. But what I didn't realize was California is a no fault state. So you don't, you don't need evidence to get a divorce in California. You don't need evidence of anything. So especially if someone's cheating, you just get a divorce. So, um, I soon realized that, um, people that hire, I don't want to insult anyone, but there is a certain kind of person that hires a private investigator to follow their spouse to see if they're cheating. And if you think about it, like I've been cheated on, everybody I know has been cheated on one time or another, and you usually can just figure it out. Like they, you call them at work, they're not there, you go by, they're not there, you catch them, you know, you don't need a PI for it. So if you're hiring a PI, you've already done all of that. So you're a little maybe obsessive and controlling. So um, one, I would say that it scared me for the girl was this guy hired me to follow his wife because he thought she was cheating on him. And he said, I've already put tape recorders under the bed and I've done all this stuff and I haven't found anything. And I'm thinking, then maybe she's not cheating on you. But I, it was my it was one of my first, you know, cases and I needed the money. So I said, and he was paying me in cash. So I said, okay. And I said, do you want me to send you a report? Like how do we're going to work this? He goes, yeah, just send it to my house. And I'm like, isn't she going to see it? And he's like, oh no, I have the key to the mailbox. And I was like, okay. All right. So I, it sounds a little controlling, but okay. So I followed her from work. Let's change her job. Um, she worked at a real estate office and um, there were clients uh, coming in and out all day. The, the day ended, it was 5 p.m. Uh, the like realtor she was working for came out and she came out and she's, the look on her face was fear and she's racing to the car and it was like 5.15 and it, she would normally get off work at five. And he's calling me, where is she? Where is she? And I'm like, she's right in front of me. She's getting in the car. Well, why is she late? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, there've been customers there. There's no way she could have been doing something nefarious, you know? And uh, so uh, she gets in the car and now we're in traffic because it's, uh, we there's traffic in Southern California all the time. And um, I'm, I can, I'm right behind her on the freeway and I can see her face in the rearview mirror and she's in fear. And he's calling me constantly. Where is she? Where is she? And I'm like, she's in traffic. She's coming home. And um, she finally, she gets home and uh, I, you know, I talked to the guy later and I said, you know, she did, she wasn't doing anything. And she looked really worried that she was late. And he's like, well, she's supposed to be on time. And I was like, okay. And he wanted to give me $5,000 in cash to do another week. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Oh, and he had said the reason he hired me, because you'd think a guy like that wouldn't like respect a woman in a, in a position like mine. Uh, he probably didn't. He just didn't want a man following his wife. He told me that I'm, I'm hiring you because I don't want a male private investigator following my wife. 
Like he just, he didn't want a man near his wife. So that was scary for me, for her, but not for me. Like I wasn't afraid of him. Wow. Okay. So what do you do with all that? So you have these suspicions. uh... I mean, there's really nothing I can do, you know, which actually I won't make this a long story. I'll make it a sort of a three sentence story just to give you a thing about like, what do you do? Like you could, you could take this moral question and, and debate it for hours, you know, because she knows what she's married to. She can leave, you know, uh, she's got a, a man that she works for who she could ask for help. But on the other hand, you get into a situation like that and it's very hard to get out. I mean, I had such sympathy for her. I did not blame her at all. I, I didn't take the job because I didn't want to follow her. I didn't want her to go through that of having someone follow her. And I didn't think he'd find another female PI because there aren't a lot of them. So I thought, well, he won't be able to hire a PI now because I'm not going to do it. You know, I didn't want her to feel stalked like that because you can tell, I mean, after a week of being followed, you, you, there's a sense, you know, someone must be following me, you know? So, um, but, oh, the thing I said, I wasn't going to make really a long story is that, uh, I went one time I did like one of these plenty of fish things, you know, like, um, a dating site. I met this guy and I told him my age, which was, I don't remember what it was at the time, but he was like five years younger than me. And I'm thinking, why do you want to see me? And so I didn't believe that he was real because he, he looked really handsome in this photo. I'm making this too long a story, but he looked really handsome in this photo. And um, I thought, what do you want with me? Like I'm five years older than you. So I met him at this wine bar and he really was as handsome as, and he was a real person. I couldn't believe it. And we like hit it off. And I, you know, I was like, I mean, we really hit it off. Like, and then you found out later that it was Tim Pleary. No. <laughs> uh, you, you beat me to it. <laughs> no, it was not. But <clears throat> I will say there was some kissing at the car. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but I was like, I, I'm not doing anything else. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a monogamous kind of girl. And I'm like, if I'm in a committed relationship, we can go further than that, but otherwise forget it. And so he's like, no, cool, 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 cool. That's cool. And um, I get in the car and I said, okay, he was going to like call me later that week. He calls me in the car and he's like, I'm ready to have a committed relationship. <laughs> I'm like, huh, really? Okay. I won't sleep with you unless we're in a committed relationship. And suddenly you're ready to have a committed relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I said, okay, cool your jets. Like, whoa, cowboy, let's like talk next week, you know, but I mean, I was kind of happy because I had been a long time since I've been in a relationship and he was really fun and nice and handsome. And so I get home and before, when I was in the parking lot waiting for him, I got there early. I wrote down his license plate when he arrived because of course I did. I'm a private investigator. I just, it's in me. I can't help it. So, and also if I, I called my goddaughter and gave it to her, cause I was like, if I end up dead, you'll know who I met with. Right. So when I got home, I was sitting at my computer and literally I was like the keys, like a keyboard. And I'm like, sort of tapping, like, should I do a background investigation on him? You know? And I was like, no, no, don't, don't. It's just be romantic and, um, you know, just have some romance in your life. Like, don't be so clinical about everything. And I was like, well, if he's telling the truth about who he is, then I can be romantic. So I did a background check and he has a wife and a seven-year-old daughter. They went through 
uh, artificial insemination to get pregnant. They worked for a year. His wife was on like a forum about getting pregnant. Um, and, um, oh, it was so sad. It was sad for me. It was sad for the wife. Um, and I found out everything about her. Like I figured out how I could run into her, um, so that I could tell her. And I, I went through this whole moral dilemma and I still, to this day, because I could still do it, even though it's been years. Um, but like, I talked to my goddaughter is like my, um, she's anonymous in anonymous. It says, uh, at the very beginning to my mother and father and to Annalise and Annalise is my goddaughter. So she's like my best friend and she's, uh, sort of my spiritual guide. <laughs> so, um, we talked about it and she said, you know, you've gone out. I have, I've gone out with a guy that is a total liar. And I always went back to him. So it's like, you tell her, she already knows. She knows this wife knows what this guy's like, that she's there for a reason. Don't just don't insert yourself into their relationship. It's not for you to do. So, um, he called me the next morning. No, he was texting me. Good morning. <laughs> And I said, I really don't think this is going to work out, but good luck with everything. And then I blocked all his numbers. Yeah, good advice and a pretty smart move there, blocking his numbers. But he he does sound like he's committed. I mean, with his wife or <laughs> yes. you know, got a kid. He's committed to finding other women on on <laughs> dating sites. Yeah. So I mean, it's the kind of thing where you go like, I'm sure literally we could split it down the middle. Half your audience is going to be like. She should have told the wife. Yeah. She should have gotten a hold of her. And the other half is going to be like, no, she shouldn't have. It's not any of her business. And then we could just fight for days about it. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, you could have um, you could have great uh, points on both sides. But ultimately, you know, you made the, the decision you made. Personally, my, my thoughts, I think that's the right decision. OK, good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but you also have it in your back pocket in case you ever want to do it. So, yeah. And I do. And every once in a while, I think, oh, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, and I had to look at like the, my reasoning, what would be my purpose? What would be the goal? Well, you know, do what, you, yeah. do you want to know why not to interrupt, but do you want to know why I think it was a good decision? Tell me. Well, I feel like, um, your, you said is your goddaughter, your, yeah. your, okay. Your goddaughter, um, said that if, if the relationship is, if that man is like that, then the wife probably already knows. So, I would be afraid of what, what that type of man would do in order to protect himself. And if she threatens to leave and then also, how did you get this information? Right. Uh, was it one of your friends? I mean, he could just go on like a, a war path and right. you never know what you're opening up right there. Exactly. Exactly. It's almost like when you see, I mean, I don't know why I just thought of this analogy, but when you see movies about time travel, and if you do something in the past, it affects the future in a really mm -hmm. bad way, you know? So it's like, if I insert myself into that relationship and drop that bomb, their whole lives change one way or another. And they have a daughter and, you know, so yeah. It's very much like point break. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say backdraft, but yeah. okay. it's similar. Clearly movies that I need to see because I haven't seen them. I also put in the chat on the Zoom my license plate number. So just to save you some time. It was. 
<laughs> yeah, Massachusetts registration. Okay, good. I wouldn't be able to get the Massachusetts registration. Oh, and here's the funny part. I didn't, my um, my DMV uh, website was down, which is good because I was not supposed to use my DMV website for that. So if anybody's listening, I did not look up his license plate number uh, using my DMV um, website, that's it's very hard to get, and, and I would not have done that. I wrote that down so that I would have it in case I was lost afterwards. Uh, I Googled his name. Okay, and you found out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think everyone should do that, you know, just for safety. When you go out with somebody new, especially yeah. from dating sites, like that is like uh, something that most people probably don't uh, think, uh, think to do, but th I think for safety's sake. Yeah, you never know. Exactly. You really should. I mean, meet in a public place, tell somebody. I mean, my thing is get their license plate number, get there first, be in the parking lot. And when they drive up, write down their license plate and call someone and give them the license plate. So if we gave you just someone's license plate and we're like, hey, we need to check this out, you do that, right? Well, it would depend if it was a use <laughs> that I'm authorized okay. to use it for. I'm only authorized to use it for um, insurance investigations. Okay. Okay. I can, we can probably work out an insurance angle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Do you guys want to play a game that I just thought of? Okay. Yes. Um, so you've, uh, you've probably dealt with many, uh, people in different industries and vocations. And, uh, you've said a few things during this interview that feel to me like almost a catchphrase. If you were to catch them like an appropriate catchphrase. So if I give you <laughs> someone who works in say, uh, a law firm and you caught them, what would you <laughs> say to them? Caught them doing what? I don't know. Like, um, uh, insurance, insurance fraud. fraud. Here's here's an yeah. example. Like if you, got, you, you busted them. Yeah, if you busted someone who was a video <laughs> game designer, you could say "game over, pal." Oh, I see what you're saying. Right? Okay, so, someone in a law like, firm. Almost like a pun. Yeah. Okay, someone in a law firm. Case closed. Oh, beautiful. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about podcaster? I mean, you're off the air. Or, it's pretty good promo code know. caught yeah i mean yeah promo code caught is good i'm i don't know a lot about podcasting so all right um a realtor a realtor um <laughs> you are off the market <laughs> i don't know why lance thinks this is so funny i hope the audience does <laughs> no one's listening anymore <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, they turned off when I started talking about my dating life. Someone who works as a as a waiter or a waitress. You are 86. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, we have to end on that one because that, that one was good the one. best. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining us here and chatting with us about your career and your work and your, your books uh, and us. That's fun, too. Um, congratulations on book number two. Yeah. And speaking of book number two, do you have a, a book number three in the works? I This is great. I've been working on the plot in my mind. That's where it always starts. I just start ruminating, write down a little note. What if this happened? They're, they always say that. What if this happened? Like I'm afraid to commit. Instead of saying this happens, I go, what if this happened? That's what all it says in my notes. The two nights ago at 1.30 in the morning, I woke up with a line, a sentence in my head 
And I sat up and I wrote it in my phone. And then I wrote the whole first page of the book. And it, the whole first page gives you the plot of the book. So I got it. I got the plot. I'm not going to tell you what it is. So <laughs> it's a secret. You have to wait and see. But um, yeah, the, so I'm working on uh, uh, book three in the Madison Kelly Mystery Series. I think I can guess that what the line was that came into your head when you woke up. You woke up and you're like, man, those podcasters are super handsome and smart. Yeah. I, I woke up and I thought, get Tim and Lance in the book. You go, we go. And then I just <laughs> started writing. I could see I could see Madison Kelly slowly being phased out and Tim and I rapidly <laughs> being phased in. Being yeah. phased right in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could see that. That's yeah, right. We could even take over writing the series if you like. Oh, okay. I guess I get tired just, of it. Just a thought. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost writing for a period and then we'll just, you know, slowly phase you out and then we'll <laughs> phase ourselves in. Okay, perfect. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.